Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. New episodes every Sunday and Wednesday. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing on this fine Sunday? I'm good. I'm good. It is the Sabbath, and cometh the Sabbath, cometh the Abroad in Japan uh, podcast number two in the week. Uh, I've done nothing this week. I've been relaxing. Played a few video games, uh, and yeah, that's about it, really. Just, uh, yeah, just get, get in there. Just get in there. Very good, Pete. Very good. Well, I've had a more productive week. Remember, good. two episodes ago, I think, I mentioned I was going to do this weekly meetup with Natsuki, just online, right, where we could practice mm. our languages. So my one of my goals this year, one of my three resolutions, uh, along with get outdoors more uh, and throw out my asbestos bath mat, was to become good at Japanese again. Um, I say again because mm. my level has dipped and got worse over the years. And one of my tactics was to speak with Natsuki every week and use Japanese, exclusively Japanese, and not sort of bounce back and forth between English and Japanese like we always do. Um, mm. So that's kind of gone well. We've done it two or three times now. It's been a lot of fun. We've taught each other new words. Um, and But what it's descended into uh, is just an hour of me helping Natsuki brand his products that he's trying to sell. And it's taken on <laughs> all right. I, I knew Natsuki would do this. I knew he couldn't have a simple yeah. little conversation every week. Get he had something to do out some of it. Sort of profit, money making, diabolical marketing scheme uh, to sort of cash in on this. Um, and I've spent the last one yesterday with him. Uh, yesterday, I spent like an hour going through a th- going through a thesaurus and um, finding different ways to uh, describe or like finding different words because um, he's got a spray. He wants to call elasticity spray right and the idea is this spray you put it on your face and it makes your face better gets rid of wrinkles gives your face mm. your skin better elasticity but he doesn't want the word elasticity he wanted the word bouncy um which just sounds a bit weird and he's really adamant he was really adamant he wants the word bouncy <laughs> what can we call it though give me a hand here because i ended the chat with him by sort of saying oh well um i'll, I'll have a think and i'll come back next week and we'll, we'll sort it out then. So I've got about five days to uh, to come up with another name for his spray. I gave him like one idea. I, call, I said I said to him, you should call it Eternal, Eternal Spray, um, because mm. the idea being it gives your face an eternally youthful look. Also came mm. up with Boost Spray uh, because it boosts your skin, and he liked that one. But uh, have you got any ideas that aren't Bounce, oh. bounce Spray? Natsuki's Facial Glop. Uh, Natsuki, <laughs> Natsuki's, um, let's, uh, the, the, the face iron. How about that? 
<laughs> the like face a clothesline, iron. but like for your face, yeah. yeah. Well, Wrinkle it's be gone. It's it's an interesting balancing act, right? Because it has to be English words, right? And and to make it clear, Netsky wants the the sort of brand image to be in English uh, and the labeling and the logo mm. because a lot of Japanese companies do that, right? It's kind of prestigious to have it in English and Natsuki's no exception. But what it means is he can't use complicated, difficult English words that uh, Japanese people right. won't know. Um, because whilst Japanese people, generally a lot of them might have trouble speaking English, a lot of them still know the words. They've learned thousands of mm. words throughout their time growing up. Um, so apparently bounce, everybody knows the word bounce, but I, again, I just bounce. can't see that working. Sounds like a, <laughs> just weird, isn't it? So <laughs> it's very it's enjoyable. Kind of, you need to find a word like eternal, eternal spray. But mm. then he sort of said that oh, it sounds good, but I don't think people are going to know what that is and people aren't going right. to remember it. It needs to be a memorable word. So yeah. there you go. That's your remit. Yeah. That's your kind of outline, Pete. Any other ideas? I'll come back with Any that. kind of simple yeah, I'll, words? I'll come... <laughs> um, ooh, love face. Um, love face spray. S- uh <laughs> Double skin. It makes your skin double <laughs> soft. So just double skin. Double skin. Uh, Sounds yeah, like double a condition. Skin. Sounds yeah, like a medical condition. Double skin. Too much skin. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, oh, lordy. Some work, some work required there. Uh, but if you're mm. listening in, anybody, any of you guys that have any experience in marketing uh, products, health products, uh, medical cosmetics. Sounds like it needs help. Let us know. Yeah, drop us a line at abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We've got story of the week uh, from Matt, and it says, Hi both, Chris and Pete. I hope you guys are well. You mentioned in a recent episode about weird phrases on learning uh, language learning apps. Um, I'm not very far into the Japanese Duolingo uh, tree, but this was a highlight of a recent lesson. Um, And Matt has attached a photo uh, of Duolingo, very popular app, teaching him the phrase, Sumimasen. Ningodes, literally, excuse me, I'm an apple. Uh, Matt says oh. it's extremely useful for my future Japanese travels. Uh, what do you think about this, guys? Matt, Sumimasen, uh, Ningodes, excuse me, I'm an apple. Can you think of a situation <laughs> where, excuse me, I'm an apple would be applicable, Pete? Um, if you are buying a phone charger. <laughs> right. and you don't know whether to get a, a sony a, you know a, a, an android version or or, or an apple one excuse me I, I am an apple <laughs> genius that's, that's yeah. actually a pretty good example uh mm, you should work for right. duolingo what i'll say about duolingo it, you know we get so many i get so many messages from uh folks asking me oh chris if i use duolingo will i be fluent in six months when i come to japan the answer is no um i don't know anybody who's ever reached fluency through Duolingo. But what I will say is I do like Duolingo. Like I used it, uh, I remember I was on a bus once for like seven hours and I downloaded it uh, to use the, to, to learn uh, Spanish. And it was really fun, right? It makes you feel like you're doing really well. It gives you little badges and awards every time you work your way through. Um, but like it's, it, it just feels more like a game than actually something that's mm. tangibly useful. Um, I think it still does more good than harm, and I still think people should use it, but I don't think it's going to be the magic solution to uh, becoming fluent at Japanese. And I, have you used it, Pete? Like, have you used Duolingo? I've not. I had a quick flick through for um, Spanish like you, I think, but nothing yeah. Uh, yeah, not nothing further than that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I'm sure I've exhausted every possible um, 
possible avenue when it comes to uh, apps that, that teach you Japanese. But uh, mm-hmm. I just find that I just, I just, you need to just get into that routine. If you can get into that routine and using one of those apps, fantastic. But my, uh, my, I just don't, I just don't have the staying power to be quite frank. Oh, it's, I mean, no. I'd love to, I'd no love to mind. somehow boost your Japanese skills in some way. <laughs> I think you should do it though. Maybe you should, uh, Go on Duolingo, do some Japanese lessons and get back to us next week and tell us what the results are. <laughs> and if you've gone beyond All phrases right, do a quick one. as complex and as useful as semi-masen and impulse. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I should give it a whirl, though. I shouldn't judge it too harshly. I did look, I did look through it. Um, but uh, I think the reason they've used that sentence structure, and it's a bizarre sentence, though, is because early on in the app, you only learn a few simple words, right? Like, semi-masen, mm. excuse me. And nouns like apple, ningo. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it just—that's the only f- sentence they could think of that used the few, uh, the few words and the the little vocabulary that they did teach. Mm. Um, I just realised there's two there's two stories of the week here. So again, this is a greedy week. Um, <laughs> should we have a story of the week again? I guess that wasn't yeah, really a story. Get involved. That was yeah. That was no, just a little just, discussion uh, of Duolingo. Did a bit of Duolingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this one is from Kevin and uh, he says, what's up, Chris and Pete? My name's Kevin. I'm from Hong Kong, half Malaysian as well, currently studying in Brisbane. Uh, back in 2016, I traveled to Tokyo with my mum and we stayed right in the heart of Kabukicho in Shinjuku. We had dinner there, one of these restaurants that mainly uh, locals uh, frequent and uh, rarely any tourists know. It was one of those places that specializes in Sakura Niku. Do you remember what Sakura Niku is, Pete? Hot uh, mate. Hey, why is it called Sakura Niku? Because it is pink like the mm, Sakura Blossom. <laughs> it sounds so nice, doesn't it? Sakura, cherry mm. blossom, Niku, meat. Lovely. Sakura Niku. Um, it's not quite as glamorous as that when it comes out on a plate. But anyway, uh, Kevin continues. After being seated, the waitress brought out two small side dishes for us. And I tried to tell her that with my limited Japanese that we didn't order it. She replied something in Japanese, and I thought she meant that it was free. Uh, now, at the time, I didn't have any mobile data, so I couldn't use Google Translate, but uh, my mum and I happily accepted the dish. But upon paying for the meal, there was one extra charge on the receipt. Uh, we know this because we've been keeping tabs on how many dishes we ordered. We only ordered less than 10. Again, I tried to ask the waitress in my limited Japanese and her in her limited English, telling her that we didn't order the dish. In the end, we just couldn't communicate, so we gave up paid and left with a sour expression on our faces thinking that we've been cheated because we were tourists uh it was quite a shock for us as that was my sixth trip to japan we've never experienced that before and japan is well known for their hospitality i've only learned about otoshi after that trip from one of your videos in the last few years and i think that was what the waitress was trying to tell me at least uh that's what i hope uh all the best guys kevin that's interesting um and a really interesting point worth worth talking about actually for our listeners mm. that uh, haven't been to japan uh do you know what otoshi is pete have, have you solved no, the mystery I don't, of this actually, story no. no i really so, haven't i don't know what it is otoshi is like a a, a a starter dish you get when you go into a restaurant and uh, a lot of restaurants have this um it's kind of like a seating charge right almost like a seating mm. charge but instead of just paying 500 yen blindly for nothing just for the pleasure of sitting down they disguise it with a little dish at the start called otoshi and, um, you know, if you go into an izakaya or a restaurant, all customers get this at the start of the meal and you get it kind of at the same time, your first drinks, your beers come out. Um, even before you've ordered something, they'll bring it out and it can be something yeah. like, uh, 
it's usually like a little dish. It could be like natto. It could be a little bowl of pork or something. It's a really small dish, typically. Um, but uh, I think the idea being they can get an extra bit of money out of you with the seating charge, but it doesn't cost them that much money to make these otoshi dishes en masse. But what I will say is I quite like them. I quite like the otoshi because it gives you a sense of uh, how good the restaurant's going to be. Like my favorite one mm. is a uh, yakitori uh, skewered kind of meat chain that I go to. They give you a little bit of uh, uh, chicken soup. Well, that's really nice. Just having a little bit of chicken soup while you order, while you mm. order your first course. Um, but you must have experienced it, though, Pete, without realizing maybe what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get it in bars as well. You just get a bowl yeah, or something, yeah. and that's that's what they say they're charging you for. But really, it's just a seating charge, and and, and that's something that's quite alien to us in uh, the West, certainly, or, or certainly in Europe. We, we we just don't really have seating charges. We don't have bet, you know, drink minimums and things like that. You know, you can come mm. and go as you please. Um, but obviously, we have we have tipping as well. So just just exactly. treat it like a tipper, I guess. Swings and roundabouts, eh? Swings and roundabouts, but uh, exactly, exactly. But uh, I, yeah, I like otoshi. And what I will say is, if you go to a bar uh, or a hostess club or a snack bar or something, maybe be a bit wary about eating them because I had a, I had one in a bar in January last year, and I was the most sick I've ever been in about three years. <laughs> and it was a, some sort of pork dish. I don't know what was in it, but I was very badly sick. And it was either that or the massive amounts of Bailey's. Uh, that I drank, but I suspect it was a combination of the two. Probably that. that. (laughs) Probably that. But yeah, no. um, (laughs) Don't eat it in a bar necessarily, but do eat it in a restaurant. Uh, Mm. But yeah, or Toshi, remember that. Uh, News of the week. We've got two news stories. The first one uh, involves the Olympics. Unfortunately, 80% of people now want the Olympics to be cancelled or postponed again. Not really a surprise, is it? Um, Given that the world still hasn't recovered I think everyone thought 2021 it was going to be a miracle the first month, and uh, so far it's not gone so well uh, for a lot of reasons. But uh, a survey found that 35% want the 35% of people uh, in Japan want the games to be cancelled, and 45% favoured another delay. Um, the at the Olympics this year is supposed to be held from the 23rd of July to the 8th of August in Tokyo, and uh, it does feel like that. I don't know. It's it still feels a little bit dicey, um, yeah. You know, especially as Tokyo did declare a state of emergency this week. Uh, old Yoshihide Suga, the prime minister, has declared another state of emergency. Doesn't really mean a lot. It means uh, bars and restaurants in Tokyo have to shut by eight pm. Um, there's no fines or anything, but uh, there is like a blacklist. They might be blacklisted, uh, but I think there's financial incentives for uh, restaurants and bars to shut down at eight pm, uh, and they're encouraging people not to go out as well. Um, whether it works or not, remains to be seen. According to my friends in Tokyo, not that much has changed. But uh, yeah, 79% of people also said that uh, Prime Minister Suga was late to declare the state of emergency. And now they don't like him. That's that's unfortunate for him, given he's not had yeah. the job all that long. What do you reckon, Pete? Like, all the Olympics? Uh, like our leader. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, could they not just? Um, I guess they're going to miss out. I, I just think they're going to miss out on the money, regardless. Could they not just do like a yeah. like they do with uh, the football tournaments? Just have the players in uh, in bubbles and 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 do it like that. Bubbles. I mean, in bubbles, they should do it all on Zoom. Crack out Zoom. Just do it all on Zoom. It's miserable, yeah. isn't it? But still, it is. <laughs> it's <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, uh, it's a shame, but we'll see. I, I won't make any judgments now. I won't make any assumptions, um, but we'll, we will see. But the fact that 
the people want the Olympics to be cancelled or postponed. And the fact that the Prime Minister himself is growing incredibly unpopular uh, each and every day suggests that the Japanese government will probably uh, go ahead and either cancel it or postpone it. Hopefully they, pos- they postpone it, um, because I still think it's unfair that Japan has spent something like $50 billion doing up the country and building stadiums, preparing for the Olympics for nothing. I think that'll be a real shame. And I don't see what the harm would be in pushing back the Olympics in other countries. Any ideas why that might mm. be a problem? Well, I mean, I think I don't see why they can't just bubble everyone and 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 just take the hit that no one's going to um, that no one's going to be there to 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 buy stuff. I mean, eating out, drinking out is going to change um, completely. I think even once the the vaccines in everybody's bodies. But uh, yeah, it's it's I I I also I agree. It seems to me um, it's not the spirit of the Olympics to delay it further just to get more people. Uh, you know, the, the chance for people to frequent um, the shops and restaurants around the venues and the hotels mm. and have the business. You know, that's that's not the spirit of the Olympics. The spirit of the Olympics is the very best athletes getting together and duking it out. They obviously can't couldn't do it last year, but now I think there are some pretty simple uh things you could do to to, yeah. to have uh to, to have an olympics i mean you could put vaccines in people's arms for, for one i guess but i don't know what the politic the pol- political fallout of that would be um putting a lot of um vaccinations in, inside uh um very fit young athletes might be a bit problematic <laughs> but yeah it's uh yeah it's, it's gonna be an interesting one it's gonna be interesting uh, to see what they do um they may get away with it they may get away with limited crowds you know j league finished mm. uh, a few weeks ago um allowing a certain amount of, uh, of of people. There was a wrestling show, Wrestle Kingdom, that we spoke about last week on the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I think was at half capacity. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's eminently doable, especially in in Japan. You just won't get any foreigners coming in. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I I I don't want to make any predictions. I feel like it'll still mm. go ahead, um, mm. which means it now won't because my predictions tend to go spectacularly wrong, as we established last year. But uh, we will see. Uh, hopefully the country will reopen in the second half of this year and we can get you over here, Pete. Um, the second mm. story, though, and if you do get over here, one of the things you can enjoy is the background music played in Japanese supermarkets and stores. Um, I don't know if you've, you've definitely noticed this, Pete, but uh, oh, nearly yeah. all shops right Relentless. in Japan have this terrible cheap music, right? And it always seems like an afterthought. It's always like 7-Eleven always plays Daydream Believer. Believer. Uh, Hard off plays a really annoying song that just stays in your head forever. And supermarkets oh, yeah. hard off have, is particularly bad. Hard, hard off is off, particularly excruciating. It's probably my least favourite, and we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, a, a TV commentator who was was talking about this this week and uh, went viral about how music in supermarkets, far from being an afterthought, is actually carefully crafted to have a psychological effect on its oh, customers. God. For example. A cheap-sounding music, which sounds like generic background music, is meant to subconsciously convince customers that shopping at the supermarket is cheaper than others, which is why it's so popular among cheap neighbourhood supermarkets and discount stores to play this kind of background music. Not only that, but playing faster-paced music around lunch and dinner time increases merchandise turnover in the restaurants and food shops and can encourage customers to leave as well. Uh, And, of course, if you come to Japan, you'll know that when shops and supermarkets or anything comes to a close, about 10 minutes before the place shuts, they start playing Old Lang Syne um, in this really sort of depressing way to make you feel like it's it's like a kind of 
you've had your fun, now fuck off kind of song. Yeah. And I hate it. It really annoys me. Like I'm knee deep in shopping. And then you'll hear, it's really slow and depressing and ominous. And it's like the party's over, get out. Um, Yeah. But apparently by playing French music by the sales corner with the French wine, it does actually increase the sales of French wine, uh, as does Italian music for Italian wine. Um, It's quite interesting. I'd never thought of all this. And uh, even playing music faster makes people walk slightly faster. which I guess makes sense because a lot of people, a lot of, I know a lot of folks listen to sort of fast paced music while they work out to get them in this sort of mood. I know I do. Um, but there you go. The crappy music that play in the stores across Japan, it's done for a very clever subconscious reason. Now sing us the hard off song, Pete. Oh, I can't remember how it goes now, but it, it's, it's excruciating and check it out on, on, on YouTube. It's interesting. Uh, until you realise how often it's played in the shop. It's played every 30 seconds. It's Awful. horrific. This goes like... <laughs> and they do that for like three minutes, and then they play like a hard-off rap, and it's like... <laughs> hard-off, hard-off, and it's just so annoying. Dreadful. Um, and it actually makes me want to leave. Uh, I think there's... um. I've did, it does feature in a Braun Japan video, the episode where Joey and I do the pimp my bike uh, in Journey Across Japan. Where we had to, we I think we had Ichimayen, about $100 each. We went in and bought loads of crap and stuck it to our bikes. And uh, we went in hard off and the song was playing as we went in and either Joey or I sang it or hummed it. Um, or you can just mm. listen on YouTube if you want to avoid that. But uh, yeah, they play so much awful music. But uh, it's interesting to think it has that effect on us. How can we... How can I increase sales of a Braun Japan merchandise uh, in the videos with music, Pete? What can I do? It's, it's like it's like when they're in Target where they have a uh, where they put all of their really expensive tellies at the front of Target, and uh, people go, "God, that's pretty expensive." Like, why would anybody buy any of those televisions? But so, of course, when they walk through the rest of the store, everything seems very cheap. So yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. you could just have one T-shirt that's very expensive, and then uh, all the rest of the T-shirts look like absolute bargains. Yeah, I remember I got a really good book on the psychology of pricing once, and it's fascinating. Like, I learned that uh, if you have – I remember there was a uh, supermarket that had, like, 12 different types of shampoo. I think it was Radox, really popular mm. kind of um, shampoo in the UK. And uh, they had 12 different types at the end of uh, the sort of – end of the queue, end of the, the place where people queue. Uh, and what they noticed was it attracted more people but less sales. Uh, then another one, the next row over, that just had three types of shampoo. Uh, people bought more there because there was less choice, right? Right. Uh, people That's overwhelmed nice. with 12 different types. So it drew people in. They it, it drew in more people, and more people looked at the 12 different types, but actually more people bought from the shelf that had three types only because it was less choice. It was less overwhelming. Subtle things like that yeah. really make yeah. a big difference. It's fascinating. Fascinating. <laughs> um but yeah, I've I've got to try and find a way of doing that to push the merchandise. Again, any ideas? What what music sells t-shirts? Uh, I don't know, like really really slow grinding <laughs> mathcore, <laughs> <laughs> like really slow horrible late nineties emo. <laughs> it's really emo depressing. Yeah. Crack out uh, <laughs> the song Natsuki wrote at the end of Natsuki the movie. Maybe that. Oh yeah, that was pretty good. That was more punk rock though, wasn't it? It was punk rock um, because. Mm. Nothing made sense in that song. Um, I forgot, I forgot all, all we went through to make that damn song. 
two it's about two, three years ago now, isn't it? And uh yeah. good God. He wrote the song in Japanese. It's a different world. Oh, he wrote the song in Japanese and I had to like translate it into English and then Oh God. It was extremely difficult trying <laughs> to make that song into something that made sense. But it kind of worked. It kind mm. of worked. Well um, checking out. Yeah, check it out if you missed it, guys. It's one of the great highlights of the Abroad in Japan channel. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension. So you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. This week on Stakhanov... Throughout January, Clash of the Titles are letting you pick the films being battled out on air. Already binged your way through Netflix during lockdown? Listeners Alex, Vicky and Chris rediscover and tear apart old and new favourites alike week in, week out. I like that here, though, that Michael Bay starts as he means to go on. I made a list of sort of Bayisms from this sequence. Uh, low angles, lens flare, dry ice, washed out colours, military hardware, men marching, orchestral score, guitar riffs. <laughs> <laughs> or if you're looking for some much needed escapism... 
why not catch up with the Abroad in Japan podcast? Chris was recently joined by Joey the Anime Man to discuss mastering conversational Japanese. That's a really interesting topic, that channeling, which is where you kind of go, oh, so not that. In Japanese, if you don't do the mm, mm, every now and then, then people just think you're not listening or you're ignoring them. All that and a whole lot more at Sukarno's. And now we turn our attention to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Dawson? We got a message uh, from uh, John from Telford. Hello, John from Telford. Hi, guys. Much appreciation for answering my pre- previous question. Got another question, though. Double bubble. I have another uh, question related to my hobby of retro game collecting. I follow several other YouTube channels that go around the many video game stores in Japan hunting for games. It's easy to think the Japanese take very good care of their possessions due to having games and consoles with their original packaging in immaculate condition, despite being 20 plus years old. And I've also had Pete touch on this previously. However... Um, upon uh, closer inspection, these stores are also filled with many retro cartridge games and consoles with no packaging at all, where the store will shrink wrap them. I've had it mentioned that in Japan, uh, when the packaging gets any slight scuffs or blemishes that it is disposed of. So in stores, you either get the mint condition packaging or you get a loose cartridge. Nothing in between. Here in the UK, and presumably the rest of the world, secondhand stores will stock items in a range of different conditions. That makes sense. Could you shine any light of it, uh, on this? Uh, says John. Whether it's true, the reason why this is the case and whether this applies to any other area areas of life in japan yes old people uh once they get a little bit frayed at the edges um they throw them in the bin (laughs) (laughs) they don't do any of that (laughs) uh you say that there was a japanese politician a few years ago who was just like it'd be easier if the elderly people just died do you remember that was a Uh, yeah kind of sadistic man yeah, it's a strong, it's a strong, uh, I mean, bearing in mind that all the people generally vote more, uh, it's a, it's a strong, <laughs> strong bold thing move. to say, in it? Yeah, bold, bold move. move, bold move. Don't think mm. he lasted very long in that position. Um, <laughs> love that. We took a sharp turn there, didn't we? Going from, uh, from secondhand <laughs> games to throwing old people in a bin. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's true or not. What I do know is when I bought my Game Boy, uh, two or three months ago, which I haven't played that much because I've still failed to beat the Super Mario Brothers original game. It still eludes me. Mm. I still hate that damn game. Damn game. Um, there were lots of Game Boys in Super Potato, and a lot of them were quite scuffed and yellow and chipped and dirty, but they were a lot cheaper. Um, so I feel like they do stock things that aren't in mint condition. Um, like I had a choice. I, I think I paid 8,000 yen, about $80 for my perfect condition Game Boy. Like, I wanted to feel like I just bought it and it was brand new. Um, but for about four, or 5,000 yen, about $40, $50, you could buy the model that was all yellow and dirty and horrible. Um, so, but what I do like, in shops like Hard Off, and for those of you that don't know what Hard Off is, even though we talked about it earlier, it's a second-hand shop. They sell, like, second-hand goods and things. And uh, my favourite bit is the junk section. And they have these big blue boxes just filled with broken stuff. Um, like you can get a broken Game Boy in there for like a hundred yen, um, and these are all things that are about like a hundred yen, two hundred yen, and they're all broken. It could be like a, a video recorder, or a camera, um, like broken cameras and things, and uh, it's really fun just having a rummage through there and seeing what you can find. Like, have you gone and actually done it yourself, Pete, while you've been here? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely love that sort of thing. And you can buy phone chargers for phones that haven't existed for about fifty years. It's amazing, <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, yeah, there's just uh, and and. None of it's filthy, but everything is very much forgotten about. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember seeing like a Nokia uh, thirty three ten, like the original super duper Nokia that everyone adds back in like two thousand and two. It's pretty nostalgic. Um, yeah, you can get anything in Hard Off. I really want to go there now. Yeah. I uh, actually, I'm 
I did recently buy a ski jacket there as well. Good place to get clothes. Ski jacket. Brilliant. <laughs> Buying a secondhand <laughs> ski jacket. What have I become? Love it. We've got one here from Andy uh, from Leeds in the UK. And he says, Konnichiwa. <laughs> Konnichiwa, Chris and Pete. On a recent trip to Japan, I noticed you could get everyone's favourite lunch, uh, lunch meat, spam. Yummy spam, mm. spam sushi. In fact, I even had a picture of it on the tin. Uh, having come across, have you come across any other Japanese takes on Western food that are just as bizarre? Obviously, we have 300 weird Kit Kat flavours, but I was wondering what else there may be to seek out on my next trip, hopefully in 2021. Really enjoyed journey across Japan, escaped to Mount Fuji. All the best, Andy from Leeds. Uh, yeah, spam. I mean, rather than being a weird take on spam, it is just spam. Uh, like in Okinawa, because <laughs> there's American, a lot of American servicemen down there. Um, they have it. I think in the post-war era, um, a lot of American troops enjoyed spam down in Okinawa. And so it became a part of the cuisine, right? And you see all these right. shops just filled with spam. And when I flew out of Okinawa uh, from the airport, not just by my own accord, like Peter Pan, <laughs> I at the airport they had a, a little restaurant that served spam sushi. And uh, it was awful. All right. and I'm never going to have that again. <laughs> it's absolutely disgusting. Well, was it when we went to that um, restaurant? I can't remember when we went. Uh, it was that oh, old yeah. school restaurant. I'm fairly certain that uh, I had this kind of yeah. I had some kind of spam uh, spam meal. Corn it beef. was delicious. Oh, it was corn, corn beef. beef. Yeah, it wasn't even spam. It was corn beef, wasn't it? Yeah, fair dues. <laughs> I love Humber. Yeah, if you come to Japan, guys, next delicious. time you're over, go to Humber, the 1950s, 60s style place, and uh, corn beef is a popular dish there because, again, mm. again, it goes back to the post-war era and it serves dishes from that time. Um, so, yeah, corned beef. And they serve it with mayonnaise. <laughs> but you've got to be careful. It comes in a tin. I remember one time I screwed up opening the tin and I cut my finger off. Uh, not all of it, but a fair chunk. And it became oh, a no. rather unpleasant affair, eating that, eating the corned beef with my finger all over the place. Um, can you think of any other dishes, though, Western foods that have been... Uh, like vandalized in Japan or adopted. Uh, the delicious, um, the delicious spaghetti, spaghetti bolognese you buy in seven elevens, uh, of a weekend. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You're a bit, when you're a bit hungover, you just go for a, go for a bit of food and it's always like, and I go, Oh, shall I have some of that uh, delicious, um, spaghetti? And it's just absolutely rank. <laughs> absolutely rank. <laughs> Though they do, you do sometimes get every now and again, you get a lovely bit of carbonara, which is fine. <laughs> you got to be careful though the carbonara in a lot of the convenience stores the egg on top right they have this nice egg uh that's sort of resting on top of the carbonara turns out the egg is mm. fake it's completely fake what and what do you mean it's completely fake it's not a real egg it's some kind of protein some mad protein effectively yeah, it's a yeah. synthetic egg the reason being it has a longer shelf life right i used to buy these carbonaras and uh i can't cook so i'd go down the convenience store buy a carbonara with an egg on, and it'd be lovely. Mix it all up, and it tasted relatively good. What I later found out, though, is that the eggs aren't real because they have a poor shelf life, um, naturally, just sticking a, an egg mm. on top. And often the egg is slightly cut open, so the, yolk's kind of, the yolk kind of runs out a little bit. Uh, but it's synthetic. I don't know how they've done it. It's like protein and uh, various matter. Uh, and they did a good job. The fact that I didn't know uh, it was a fake egg, for all those years that I ate it would indicate they did a pretty good job but certainly after i found that out i never ate it again and i've not had it since yeah 
So <laughs> I should have That's kept awful. it a secret better. I should have kept it a secret. Uh, we've got one last one from Damien. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. Chris, how does it feel to have served a birthday cake to the richest man in the world? Keep going with the podcast, guys. You are the best. All the well, Thank you, guys, from Damien. Um, feels a bit weird, but then, yeah, I mean, forgot about yeah, that. I don't know, really. Served Elon Musk a birthday cake. Now he's the richest man in the world. I don't think that will last long. I think Tesla stock is due a reckoning, like Bitcoin, but uh, we'll see. We will see. I, people buy my dad every day message me going, you should have bought a Bitcoin, should have bought a Bitcoin. It feels like gambling, mm. doesn't it? And I don't want to end this podcast talking about Bitcoin or talking about Elon Musk's fantastic wealth now that he's worth $185 billion, more money than f- quite a few countries in the world have. What do you make of it, Pete? What are your thoughts? Closing thoughts? I, just, on all I don't know. I just always think, I always think that, um, you know, I know a lot of people who um, worship the ground Musk walks on because obviously he's very successful. Uh, you know, same with your Bezos and stuff like that. But fundamentally, they couldn't go to the bank and ask for that amount, amount of money out. They'd have a certain amount of money. The rest would be tied up in stock. So I'm saying that Elon Musk probably has about $100 to his name. Fluid. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how Pete Donaldson sleeps at night. Yeah. No. <laughs> mm-hmm. Correct. I, uh, what would you do with $185 billion, though? I mean, you could technically sell a lot of it. I think there's a clause that you can't sell all of it, but you can sell some of it. What would you do, though, with $185 billion? Probably buy a house. I've not got a house. Buy a house. So. <laughs> That'd be the, very much not... the basic, wouldn't it? The basic stuff. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if he does use that uh, money for like building a, a base on Mars or investing it in space travel. Both It's interesting. Both of the world's richest men, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, are... Uh, also have rocket companies on the side, don't they? SpaceX and Blue mm. Origin. And Jeff Bezos sells about a billion dollars of stock every year in Amazon to fund uh, Blue Origin. And uh, now between them, they've got, well, over $300 billion. They can actually create a city on the moon. Why aren't they doing it yet? Why aren't they doing it, Pete? Where's oh, our just busy, in it? Busy, man. Busy, innit? Busy, Just busy running the business, innit? Oh, excuses. I mean, oh, what would you do, though, with $185 billion, guys? Let us know uh, at Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back on Wednesday to do it all over again. But for now, have a great uh, – enjoy what's left of your weekend. Enjoy the start of the week, and we'll see you to do it all over again on Wednesday. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.